Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today I'm here with Gravid. What up, Sidewalk Talk? <laughs> what up, Lauren? <laughs> so you're originally born in, is it Buffalo or? Yeah, Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Real close to Niagara Falls. Okay. And are your parents originally from New York as well? or? Yeah, I mean, when I say Buffalo, New York, everyone just thinks I mean like the city. Mm-hmm. And it's like, couldn't be farther from the city. Yeah, it's like way upstate, right? Yeah, it's, it's totally on the opposite end. Uh, that you that the city's in. Yeah. But we still have a little bit of that like New York accent a little bit. <laughs> that East Coast accent. Yeah. What did your parents do or back then? Uh, my dad uh, practices law. Uh, my mom passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm super tight with my family. I have a brother and sister and like a little niece and, and shit back in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all real supportive. Yeah. They love what I do and stuff. Whoa. My family is like my biggest fans. Oh, I love that. So is yeah. that more like an academic family or, or were they also creative? Mm, I would say more academic. Like uh, I felt a lot of like responsibility growing up to like mm-hmm. go to college and do all that stuff. But then like once I discovered music, um, it was like easy decision. It was an easy decision. Yeah. No college for me. I went there and I actually tried to do music and it was just not the kind of music that I, like I just wanted to apply it all. I didn't really want to like learn about all of the history and stuff. And I was, I was like probably 18. So like I really was in my like prime of just starting to grow a bunch. So. Mm-hmm. And so what instrument did you pick up first? You did guitar. Guitar. Yeah. At what guitar. age was that? Um, seven probably. Mm, was Six it yourself, or, or your parents kind of wanted you to? No, it was actually just a, uh, just a gift. It was a birthday gift. It was a real shitty like guitar. <laughs> it was just a real shitty guitar, and a, a real shitty little amp. And uh, we were doing my birthday somewhere, and they like had it there. And I just then I just started teaching myself the guitar and keyboard over the years. And I would always just beg my parents for any kind of like instrument when I was younger and then it, it pretty much like was guitar and keyboard. Mm-hmm. How do you describe your personality back then growing up? Just singing constantly. Yeah. Silly, definitely really silly. What, what kind of songs? Um, I used to sing like actually kind of the same type of songs that I sing now. Like I used to sing about love. I was like fucking <laughs> 12 years old. Yeah. I used to be like all broken hearted then. I mean honestly it was just... I was pretty much just pulling from my influences and like just trying to be like my influences Mm -hmm. like all all the early like 90s rock and like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots and Alice in Chains and uh, even some like I used to be real into the Backstreet Boys so like I feel like that's where some of the pop sensibility might have started but I don't know. And were you in a ton of bands growing up? No, never. Really? Why? I never wanted to really play with anybody else. I just wanted to do my own thing. So were you... So you're already making original music. Did you put it out back then, growing up? 
Uh, yeah, actually. I, I on like, MySpace? <laughs> yeah, on MySpace. Um, I did it on like Facebook for a while. Really? I put my shit out on Facebook. <laughs> um, that's like, when I started putting my music out is when like, it was probably the beginning of high school. I started just putting my stuff out mm -hmm. there and people actually dug it. It was, it was cool to see the reaction. Like, People would share it, and then like oh, wow. I, I uploaded this one like rap song, and it got like fifty thousand plays on like this little Facebook thing, and I was just like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" Oh my gosh, were you I'm under a different moniker? No, really? So always grab it. Really? Yeah. Cause it, yeah, originally you made it for rap, like rap business routine or it rap was rap. Name? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was just my name, so that like when we were super young, when we were like 15, 14, we could rap and say all kinds of foul ass shit and like never mm -hmm. and just like hide behind our names or whatever because mm -hmm. we were like all into gangster rap and shit and we were just like we we loved that whole thing we were all into Eminem and me and my buddies would all just rap like and then I just ended up getting like really freestyle? really good at it yeah really yeah well we would freestyle but we would record also because I like I knew how to record from like 14 on so. At like 15, 16, we were actually recording like so relatively decent quality records. Oh, you know? wow. and how did you even think of Brabbits originally um, back then? Me and my buddy were probably just messed up, and we just thought of some stupid shit. I remember he, we were playing like Call of Duty. Yeah. And we were making like a rap record, and we were like, we absolutely have to come up with with monikers and we actually have to like come up with these characters and I was just like well, how about Grabbits and Snippets or Young Grabbits and, <laughs> young grabbits and Little Snippets mm -hmm. and he was like dude I'm down so we did it. That's crazy. And then I dropped the Young because you know I'm grown. <laughs> <laughs> how many years ago was that when you first came up with the name? Probably, we were probably 15. Yeah. So 10 years ago maybe. Yeah I love that you kept it. I feel like over time people often like change their names but if I feel like it's now it's a big part of like who you are, right? That you yeah, because I just don't. I never looked at it as a as like a project. Mm. You know, when people are like, "This is my, uh, you know, this is this project," and like, "This is my like indie pop project or whatever." But for me, grab it's then I like grew up with it, so it was just a nickname, and uh, it was always the way I could just uh, get my music out. Uh, and it, it provides one degree of separation between from like myself and the music so if yeah. I want to I can like while out in a record when I don't have to while out in real life you know I can do whatever mm -hmm. I want with Grabbits. So wait what did you study in college? Um nothing. <laughs> but so you were undecided and then you dropped out or what? I was undecided but I was also not very hard working. Um, Where did you go? University at Buffalo. Oh, so I had you really good grades in, in high same. school. Um, Did you like school? I, I didn't like going. Came easy to you? Oh yeah, I, it really did. <laughs> um, I I didn't like homework. I didn't like homework or going. You're just a good test taker. <laughs> yeah. I really the the worst part of high school for me was just going. Mhm. Mm what about it? You just didn't like the. Just going. Yeah. Just being there. <laughs> so did you not even like any subjects in college to even think about majoring in? I mean, if I didn't have music, I would have definitely found something I'd have been passionate about for sure. Yeah. Um, Were your parents pushing to do? No, nothing. They, they, 
they never pushed me to do anything. I told them from the beginning that I wanted to do um, music and they were like, well, why don't you just give this a shot because nothing was really like popping for me at the time. I mean, you know, I was mm -hmm. just like, shit, what's the next step? And then the first year of college when I was like kind of going um, is when like things started happening on my like SoundCloud account and like people were reaching out and I that's when the window of opportunity presented itself so then I was just like yeah bye <laughs> <laughs> so this was what was the turning point from all the rock stuff you were doing to more of the early EDM um basically Skrillex mm-hmm I just got so uber grossly inspired by Skrillex, and I still am to this day, um, that I really wanted to try what was happening there, like yeah. with the whole, uh, the whole EDM thing and early dance music, and it wasn't early really, um, you know, if you talk to like some of the OGs, it's been really going on for a long time, but the first Skrillex EP. And then I was like, yo, wait, so you're telling me that I can sit here and produce a record that sounds like this and then like go and DJ it, just go and DJ them all, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do that. And then how did you get your initial music out there though? SoundCloud. Um, like how did people find you on SoundCloud? I don't know, I just started by like friends and uh, I would like submit reposting. music to like, well, yeah, like I would submit music to like dubstep.net, mm -hmm. trap.net, when, when those were a thing, and like a couple of my, my songs did really well on there. So like, I remember I released this record called Bounce, and it was like, let me see you bounce. <laughs> and, uh, and that song like went to like number one on trap.net, and like it was all this cool shit, and then dubstep.net, I would like do the top of the dubstep.net charts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was super happy about that. And then I, I think it was just that probably because everyone was scrounging for music, new new dubstep, new music. And like those were pretty big sites at the time for people to find new shit, you know? Yeah. And then how long after were you starting to have gigs and stuff? Um, It wasn't long. It wasn't long after. Like I used to do gigs in Buffalo uh, a lot and then um, and then once I started working with people out here in LA is when is when more gigs started to come in and then I started to like make my rounds and travel and legitimately travel and DJ and play and uh, fuck it was a blast mm -hmm. it was really yeah. fun how did you meet your team back then um, it was or your uh, first it was uh, this guy named Danny Sellis, um, was, is still a manager. Um, he reached out to me through, uh, it was this guy I was working with at the time and he reached out to me because of like my beats and uh, there was just interest there and then that's when my stuff was starting to bubble a little bit, like the electronic stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, working at the time with, with uh, this girl named Ashley and she was like super into the scene and like super and like younger and like uh, knew a lot about the electronic scene and so they like pretty much tag teamed me oh wow um yeah and what was the turning point that you realized you needed to drop out 
drop out of DJing? Out of electronic college. music? Oh. Um Oh, right after the first semester. Really? So you were Yeah, deciding you're, to move to Los Angeles. You realized you could already like make a living off of it or was it kind of just Well, doing there was it an opportunity there. <laughs> yeah, there was an opportunity there. I also made like a big chunk of money off of uh a random incident where like I got my music synced uh, in CSI. What? Yeah, I got my music synced in CSI through um, a friend of my dad's first cousin uh, was the guy, <laughs> a friend of my dad's first cousin married Anthony Zyker who created the whole series. Oh my gosh. So he had ultimate creative control and he liked my music and gave me a shot and then he put my music in the bay, in the editing bay, and yeah. they used like four tracks. Do you, do you remember what scenes they were? One was the opening scene of the first season of CSI Cyber with Patricia Arquette. That's insane. I'm trying to imagine. That was dubstep, right? It was like, <laughs> I don't know. It, it was sick. I wrote a song for it specifically called Avery because that was her character. Mm -hmm. And it got used to introduce Avery, so it was dope. Whoa. It was really cool. Was it difficult finding your way around LA? Like, you wrote some songs about how complicated and competitive it is, right? Probably. Yeah. You forgot, well, oh my god. I mean, it is. Yeah. It, it really is. But, like, honestly, at the time, like, Ashley, like, introduced me to all of her friends mm -hmm. and, um, and really was helpful in just showing me everything around the parts and, like, especially in, like, the club world and, like, the electronic world. Uh, those are definitely like group of my first like friends here in LA, you know. Mm -hmm. And were your parents chill with you moving here? Supportive? Yeah, I mean, yeah. As long as I could like do it, you know, they they were totally supportive. And you know, I find my way back to Buffalo and often, and I see everybody still. So like, it's all good. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's everyone's cool with it. Um, my, I, I'm just trying to get on the road more. You know, like mm -hmm. everyone knows. My family's all on board with like that. They know that I'm trying to get on the road, you know? Yeah. And what was the turning point that you wanted to do less and less EDM? Um, I found as an artist, there was a little bit less substance in it for me and less that I could say with it and more of just like a party themed, party centric like type of thing, mm -hmm. you know? And then it's it, it becomes less to me about like artistic expression then then uh it becomes more of like a job of just keeping the party going which i love i think it's awesome and there's like a really cool place for it um but then records started coming where i had more to say and more to express and i had to do it in different ways and i wanted to sing more and then the more you sing the less drops really are kind of a mm -hmm. thing and then the less drops are kind of really a thing is the less you're going to be able to DJ those records. Yeah. Actually, yeah. You know, and then that's like a live show, some some culmination of that or like some kind of electronic live show is what I thought would be the most appropriate mm -hmm. for I, that. Yeah, I actually found that really interesting because I thought back one day about like when I asked a lot of EDM producers especially like what's the inspiration behind these songs and they only describe like the drops or like the build up and I'm like could a so an EDM song not like have your like talk about like heartbreak and stuff and I've never heard like mm. a producer talk about heartbreak it's like 
but you technically can like do EDM song on Heartbreak, but I don't know. Yeah, I like, guess for you it's like well, I always incorporated able... it vocals. Yeah, in. there was always vocals. Yeah, I mean not always, but like it, that that's the way I would get a message across is through singing it. Yeah, and then dropping it. Yeah, you know it's like singing, 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 and then. Yeah. But it didn't feel the same as like an actual like song that you started having less and less drops and less and less EDM. Yeah, I also grew up on like traditional song structure and it's kind of just what I like gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoy what happened with like electronic music influencing pop music and how like there began to become more sections where there doesn't have to be vocals, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Where there could be like a beat that you can bob to for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's like not just a straight hook over it. Sometimes the hooks now are like in the builds. Yeah. So it'll build and there's like, there's your vocal hook. And then all of a sudden when it drops, it's like, you know. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Was that difficult though? Cause you're already like touring, doing festivals under EDM. Did you have to like, I definitely had so to pump shows. the brakes, yo. Yeah. Definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, once once the trajectory was formed, once I, like, knew where I wanted to be at, the shows dropped themselves, honestly. Yeah. You know, it was like, uh, if somebody hits you up and they're like, yo, you know, we want you to DJ this gig, and I'm like, shit, I'm building a live show, uh, my records aren't really there anymore. I mean, it might have just been me being like young and naive a little bit. Because mm -hmm. I wasn't really treating it like a job. I was just like, this is my art. Yeah. Um, so basically I was just like, nah, that's not the direction I want to go anymore. And you know, now I wouldn't, it depends on the situation, but like I could definitely still DJ a gig. Like I definitely could still DJ like my records and stuff. I would only DJ pretty much like 80, 90% of my own records anyway when I used to do it. Mm -hmm. But I really want to end up with that hybrid live electronic show. Yeah. Like that's, I want a big show someday. Mm -hmm. Like I want a 21 Pilots Coldplay show someday. Yeah. And with that, I need to just keep, I need like a big body of work that I can play and, and start picking picking records out of there that I think people would enjoy live, you know? Mm-hmm. How did you meet Ultra? Um, so basically, I was in a transitional period uh, with management and a good friend of mine, Alex Greenberg, actually um, sent over my music to Waxman at mm -hmm. Ultra, um, had A&R there, and he was really into it and was really into the trajectory and like where the music was heading and mm -hmm. how it's like electronic but they're still song songs and it's like singer songwriter this like new future post EDM singer songwriter thing and uh, basically we just talked and I got introduced to my uh, new manager and we facilitated a deal and they wanted you know put out my records and they're really passionate about it which is the mm -hmm. only thing I really care about as long as I have enough money to live and uh, and you know put some put some thought and budget behind like you know the records coming out and make sure they hit the mm -hmm. most things and they have all the tools to do that and they're really passionate about it which is just like what I love the most mm -hmm. how about with Dead Mouse back then Dead Mouse um Shit, well, when I was, um, I basically 
I'm, I love Dead Mouse. He's like one of my favorite artists. Yeah. Um, his music is just fucked. It's so good. Um, mm -hmm. Melodically and just like we share so many of the same like favorite chordal structures and uh, and like his sound design is impeccable and like I just love house music too. So anyway, he came out with the, his Wild record mm -hmm. and on that record there was a ton of music that was just instrumental acoustic guitars synths pianos like totally not what you think dead mouse would do and i just fucking loved that mm -hmm. so i took his track silent picture and i sang a top line over it like i sang a song over it and like kind of morphed it into like what would be a song that i would like and um I think it was six months later after just putting it up, he found it and then hit me up. Oh, it was crazy. So cool. Yeah. I remember the day he did it. It was awesome. <laughs> I just remember waking up. My brother was in LA and I was just like, I woke up and my Twitter was just like malfunctioning. Oh my gosh. And then I was just like, wait a minute, my Twitter's malfunctioning. And then I found the Dead Mouse tweet and I was just like, Wait, Mike. That's why. I was like, yo, Mike. I'm like, this is something <laughs> crazy just happened, dude. Something crazy just happened. Oh, it was so fun. Mm hmm And what's your inspiration for you have a coming album, right? Yeah, basically, I mean like I'm sitting on like more music than we could ever put out ever. Like there's just I I make music like very fast and all of my ideas culminate very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um so basically right now we're just just trying to put out a consistent stream of music so like even if there is an album we're just gonna here you go here's one song here's one song here's two songs here's one song um and and we're just gonna kind of try and keep it consistent you know mm -hmm. like with the content and the music and um i feel like everybody now digests music a little bit differently and yeah. Everyone's known that for a while, but now it's like, how are you going to crack the code, find your own code and crack it, you know? Mm -hmm. How have you grown as a person? Oh, um, whoa. Fucking, that's a deep one. Um, <laughs> it's just going to get... A lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, I would have to say developing a more broad perspective and trying to understand that everyone thinks differently mm. and everyone is free to think what they want to think um, and be who they want to be and like to basically just be more understanding of everybody and uh, you know, figure out like what you have to offer and, and figure out who needs that shit, you know, and mm -hmm. give it to them. What do you say have been your biggest challenges so far in life? Um, well, there's some personal ones, but I'll keep it musical <laughs> for now. I think they want to know any, if you're able to share or want to share up to you. Um, I, well, I guess one of the biggest challenges was losing my mom three years ago. Oh, yeah. That was, that was something else. That mm. taught me a lot about life. Um, it's crazy how death teaches you a lot about life, mm -hmm. you know? Um, definitely gr grew up real quick mm -hmm. then. Um, what advice would you have for someone who's going through like a close one who's passed away? I would say to just, uh, shit, I mean you just gotta try and understand that 
you know, every everybody that's uh, that lives will die, mm -hmm. and you know, we're all pretty much specks, and what matters is making the most out of life while you're here, you know? You yeah. gotta make the most out of your life, because if you don't live your life, it's a disgrace to those who've lost theirs, you know? Mm -hmm. So if you sit and wallow in your own shit, then you're not really living life, and somebody else would probably give a whole lot to live it again, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> this is my TED Talk on loss. <laughs> Wait, what were you just about to ask me? Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, what does love mean to you? Doesn't mean anything to me. I'm just kidding. I got a lot of love. I got a lot of love to give. Um, you probably would know that if you listen to my records. I always am talking about love. Um, yeah, heartbreak. <laughs> heartbreak and love. Dude, some of the heartbreak shit is like... You gotta garner a lot from, um... You garner a lot from the moments in which you're heartbroken, and then even even sometimes when you're not heartbroken, it's fucking fun to write about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's fun to just, I mean, and it can be about anything. Like, I write, I've written about heartbreak before, not about a person. I've written about heartbreak about, like, just something or some period of time that I like, mm -hmm. that I miss, that I want back, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, love is great. Love is the only thing we have uh, that is positive. Everyone should love a little more and hate a little less, I'd say, because I think a lot of people go out of their way to hate, and I don't fucking yeah. get it. Um, even online, like Twitter. Twitter's just this cesspool yeah. of hate. Like, some something good will happen, and then there'll be just these handfuls of people that will be like, you fucking think that's good? Like, yeah. you think that's good? Well... It wasn't that good. <laughs> and then you're just like, dude, crawl in a hole somewhere, please. <laughs> away. Just go away. <laughs> Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? What do I want to be remembered for? Yeah. I want to be remembered for making a lot of music that can stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I just want to be remembered for representing artists and people who create and people who aren't afraid to create and say what's on their mind and say how they feel uh, through their art. Yeah. I don't know, is that? No. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's that's, that's the truth. That's off the top, off the dome. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is so much fun. Thank you. Hey, thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> Hey, bye, sidewalk talk. <laughs>